Welcome to the CEO Story, brought to you by KC Johan, founder of Together CFO, where every week we're interviewing the top CEOs in various industries, sharing their journey and extracting the top things that made them successful. Hi there, Eric. Thank you so much for joining us today. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. And thank you so much for having me, Casey. Thank no you. problem, no problem. So, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, and then we can dig into your history and your past and your experiences. Sure. Well, um, I am in the fitness industry. I'm a partner in New Evolution Ventures, and we have clubs like UFC gyms worldwide where the franchisor. We also own a few of those clubs. and We have clubs in Mexico, Australia, and they're all closed um, globally. I also uh, have my own consulting company called EricLevineGlobal.com, and so I consult all over the world. And now the main topic is what do we do and how, how do we reopen? What are we doing when we reopen? And I've been doing a few... Uh, Fireside Chats under uh, a title that I have with my brother called Fitness Gorillas, and we're really getting into it, where we're answering lots of questions, and we're telling the street street level stuff of what has to happen. Every day at 10.15, Monday to Friday, um, Fitness Gorillas. But I've been caught, contacted from, from Dubai, from the UK, from China, all my uh, clients, all in the same boat wondering you know what what's it going to look like and how do i get my members back how do i get more members and you know and, and i've been focusing everybody that i talk to about exactly that we can't control what's going on outside but we certainly can control what we do and that's when i say we your team your community and now's the time to be focused on that and get your team together. So, yeah, so thanks for that, Eric. So why don't we start back at the beginning? So you, you've obviously got many years of experience in the fitness industry, starting back from, uh, well, the biggest one was probably, what, California Fitness? Well, I, 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 gym I actually, before that. Well, I started, uh, my father was an athlete bodybuilder. He was uh, best friends with Joe and Ben Weider, the, uh, the Weider brothers that actually started the whole weightlifting bodybuilding world my father was a on the canadian national volleyball and water polo at the same time so my life was always about that and i uh, started off at vic Tanny spa and then uh i was the first licensee of gold's gym worldwide oh wow fantastic yeah in 1980 and then and, where uh, was that location at the first one that you that you ran Toronto, Canada, because I'm Canadian. I was born in Montreal. Got it. And we opened, I changed the name to Gold's Fitness for women and men, knowing that uh, the intimidation factor with a muscle man, etc., uh, etc., et the average female may not feel comfortable. So we made the whole thing female-friendly, and we opened up six of those, and then I sold those. I joined up after that with uh, my mentor, Ray Wilson, who owned family fitness centers, and I became a partner with him. We opened up to 72 locations. Wow. And then uh, partnered, well, Mark Mastro, the CEO of 24-Hour Nautilus, 
orchestrated a merger between the two companies and we called it 24 hour fitness 24 hour fitness which mark is the founder of and um we built that to 400 and some odd locations and mark orchestrated a sale of 1.8 billion dollars so that was the biggest at the time ever uh and i went on to asia prior to that even though i was a shareholder in 24 hour i wanted to do my own thing and i opened up california fitness in hong kong singapore taiwan thailand korea vietnam all over Asia, Australia, and it was, it was a blast. Yeah. yeah. And then you got into uh, New Evolution Ventures after that. Yeah, Mark is, again, my partner for the last 25 years, Mark Mastro, and he wanted, he opened it up to family and friends. I put up my hand. I want to be part of it, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a winner, and he's someone who I know very well. You'd love to have him on your show. He's a superstar, and we teamed up, and uh, we've been doing that now. We're going on our 10th year. Fantastic. Great. So so then even after that, you were doing some things with Manny Pacquiao and still in the uh, fit, in the fitness consulting space as well. Yeah. We're, we're, right now, I'm, I'm doing some consulting for a lot of big names, and uh, I enjoy that. I'm looking at a few that are just, just starting right now. There's one that uh, I hope to get more involved. It's called Grit. From New York City, it's a fantastic concept. So I'm always open to it. I mean, the health and wellness and fitness is my life, and I love helping people. Um, I'm one of the best consultants in the world because of one reason: I make more mistakes than most people. So, and that's a fantastic segue, kind of into the next part uh, of what we we're trying to get into is is not just about the amazing success and track record you have. But really, what were some of the mistakes? What are the lessons learned? And what advice can you give to people listening that can help them along their journey? Well, that's a, you know, obviously the, the core question, uh, Casey. You know, when you look at success, the beauty of success is it attracts more success. It builds up your, your energy. So you become much larger than you were before you had that success in your attitude in your, your aura, and you attract more successful people, you have avenues to more successful people. They become attracted to that, and that's a synergy all on its own. And as an entrepreneur, I always say, take care of the golden goose first, and that's you. The entrepreneur, the leader, has to take care of their, their whole circle, their physical life, their mental life, spiritual life, um, their emotions, financial, their family. And you got to do that first because if you don't get that together, you really can't lead. And when there is a problem, and there will be problems, you're not balanced enough, have enough reserve to handle that. Fantastic. And what are some of the things that you actually do to kind of control that mindset, that mm -hmm. state, that energy, and kind of keep yourself on track? Well, my wife is a yoga meditation teacher she's from Bangkok and uh, I've learned meditation now for almost 40 years the, it, you have to really have a, um, a routine that is it seems like it's selfish but it's selfless because of what I said before wake up in the morning we wake up around 4 o'clock sometimes 330 straight into a couple of hours of breath um, 
different kinds of breathing and then meditation. After the meditation, it's in the gym. We have a, we're fortunate enough to have a gym in our house, uh, 45 minutes of cardio, 45 minutes of workout, and then yoga. Um, so by eight o'clock, when my son's about to wake up, once he wakes up, game over. Um, so in those three hours, three and a half hours, you build up that foundation and that gives you the resilience that you're going to need as a leader because every day you're going to be throwing things at you that a leader has to know how to handle. And you have to be, you have to be able to stay balanced. It's a, it's that, a very good point. You know, a lot of the people, a lot of our clients as well, they all get up very early, whether it's, I think 4 a.m. is one of the earliest ones, but generally speaking between five and six and get a lot of that preparation and setting the foundation for success for that day out the way with before people are even awake to be able to bother them. So yes. it is a recurring theme that, that we hear a lot. Yes. And then your, you know, again, your diet, your, your the foods you eat, the for an entrepreneur, you know, it's lonely sometimes. You know, you're, you're, the, you're holding all the weight. So the more you can do to, to, to make yourself as healthy, as positive, um, not just positive thinking, but be doing your best to be present, you know, looking forward, using your, your mistakes as learning. You know, so many people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is they go to their emails, they start seeing bad news. Before you know it, your vibe has already moved to that. Yeah, it's all at energy level, right? It's a frequency. Yeah, you, your energy has been vampired by that, and that's the familiar past. So then let's, let's fast, fast forward a little bit. Okay. Then. So in terms of, I think you've got the point across very well in terms of mindset, staying strong, keep building a good foundation. Um, some of the fantastic things you've done over the years with the, with the businesses you've been involved in is set new businesses up in new territories, both nationally and internationally. Uh, let's talk about that for a little bit and, and how did you go about doing that? What are kind of the steps that you put in place to, to expand and then set up a system and a process of people? Because a lot of, obviously you're not in all places at all times. So how do you set up those structures that work consistently that you can keep repeating across the world? Another great question. The, when I started opening up throughout Asia, um, I know each country is different, you know, and you, number one, you have to respect their culture and, and lead with the, by example, in the way you want everyone to follow, but by respecting their culture. And that's, you know, you have to have local knowledge for that. So I would go in, when I went to uh, Asia, I only went with a couple of people that I, that I had worked with in America. But my goal was always to, after a certain amount of time when we stabilized our formulas and we knew that we were solid, I would go to 95, 96, 97% local people. So as soon as I could, I'd remove my, let's say my international uh, team that knew everything, had all of our policies, and promote from within the local staff and because that's where it's going to end up. So what are the, the things that you would do to promote? Uh, well, for, well, we would have, we do our training, complete, we complete our training. And before you knew it, there, you know, and everywhere we go, there's people that are going to rise mm -hmm. to the top. It's the same thing. You know, 
I've opened up in dozens of countries around the world. And I found out that we're all the same. Okay. We all want the same things. We all want success. We want great family success. We want to feel good. And we're all the same. So it doesn't matter where we are. The, the, the pros, the leaders, they're going to rise to the top. It doesn't matter what country you're in. And you have to have your system that is, du- is, is able to duplicate throughout. So, you know, just like a franchise, Baskin Robbins, your chocolate ice cream has to have this amount of cocoa, this amount of that. It's close to a formula as you possibly can have. The thing that, and that's easy, that's easy. The thing that an entrepreneur has to have in their DNA is their branding. So I always went after in your face, high end, this is before Walkman's, so I had the music up to a level that, you know, you better like it because it's going to be this way all the time. I chose a brand that was celebrity, uh, who's who, uh, expensive, glitzy, uh, and that's how the members felt. And I stayed with that forever. I could have gone, let's say, anytime fitness or lower brand, but that wasn't true to my nature. And my ideal customer was a celebrity or a celebrity wanted to feel like a celebrity and wanted to hang around those successful people. But whatever brand you take, it should be something that you understand. You're willing to go all the way with that brand. It can't be off-brand at any time. That's the role of a leader to establish whatever the brand is and make sure that the team, whether it's Taiwan, Korea, Vietnam, Australia, whatever, they have that same passion. That's a lot more difficult. So is what I'm, what I'm hearing, and I'm just rephrasing it, in a way that kind of resonates with me is know what your image is, what your identity is, and stay true to it. Yes. And, and something that I've just really learned in the last few years that would be good for a young entrepreneur is that it's a hard balance to balance your own passion and your own ego with finding the ideal customer. And... That's not easy. It sounds pretty easy, but it's not. Once you find out who your ideal avatar, your ideal customer is, that's how you build it. You build it for them. It can still be passion-based. It can still be high-energy-based. But find the ideal customer in that and focus and brand to that. That's fantastic. That, That makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit more and, and get into your journey. And what were some of the big mistakes that you made along the way? And what would you do differently to correct them now? Well, I think that in, in every business, you have to make sure that you have a big savings account, a big you know, account for tomorrow, tomorrow, a disaster tomorrow. Um, I remember one time, I was only my first clubs in Toronto. We had at the time four locations and I'm still in my late twenties. Everything is going wonderful. And overnight the government put in place month to month memberships. No longer, we were selling one and three year memberships. Some companies were even selling five year memberships. I, I think I was as well. And overnight they changed the laws on us. So, 
the average spend we would get from a new member may have been $500, and now it's going down to 50 What do you do about it? So, so the mistake is impact on your cash flow, right? Oh, man. I mean, what they were trying to protect against backfired, and everyone, so many clubs went under at that point. And we had to totally regear everything. And it was a big problem. We didn't have enough reserves, so we had to take on some partners, and we had to mitigate it. But luckily, we were doing very well at the time. We had personal tr- We had other ways of generating revenue, which we switched to immediately. And we were able to survive and prosper. But my biggest mistake at that time was my mentor always told me 80% for tomorrow, 20% for today, which is the current dues model right? You take month by month. Well, it wasn't like that 40 years ago. The dues model wasn't even in place, which we had to create. So 80% for tomorrow, 20% for today is the real rule. And that would help you on that. So a lot of what we do is help companies with uh, accounting, finance, and in this specific case, cash flow. Um, what, what steps did you have in place at that point in time when you were making, let's just say, an average 500 per new customer, and then it went down to like 20 or $30 per month per customer? Uh, what things did you sacrifice? And I, I'm guessing there's a lot of tough decisions to make, but in terms of surrounding yourself with a team, uh, what team did you have in place and what numbers were you looking at to kind of make those tough decisions? Well, we had to go right to an ancillary model where we put our, our focus on getting uh, the member. Yes, the member was spending uh, previous to this, let's say $500, but we would add approximately $180 a member per year on top of that. So they really weren't spending much money on personal training, our nutrition program, our retail. We added yoga. We added life cycle was the big thing. We added that one for a charge. So we went from almost 90% membership-based revenue, knowing that we're cutting by 90% in that category and focusing on the ancillary revenue. And slowly but surely, the other thing that we noticed, thankfully, is that where people couldn't afford 500, they could afford $50. So we actually increased our membership. Our membership increased. We added many new uh, promotions, uh, family add-ons, you know, bring in your buddies, very aggressive on that. And after about, oh, 15 months, we were actually more profitable than prior, prior to that situation. So you weathered the storm and you evolved. So what I'm hearing is you were flexible enough to, well, this new change was just put on you by the government. So it's outside of your control. And you were flexible enough to see it, to be able to change your model to to cash flow, and then in the long run, the marketing tactics after that to bring in a high number of people, and therefore it became a volume game rather than a few people at a high, higher upfront fee. That's right. Fantastic. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. So just looking at kind of your history and your background, you, you've worked with many different brands from Golds to Crunch, 24-Hour, UFC, uh, Manny Pacquiao. There's... There's just the list goes on and on. You've had a fantastic uh, uh, career, and we can easily see why you're one of the best in the world at what you do. How how would you, or what would you suggest for up and coming entrepreneurs that want to get into the fitness space, especially with 
the way fitness is kind of evolving. I see it used to be traditionally gyms and bigger spaces, and now we're seeing a lot more yoga studios, spin studios, and different types of evolution in the fitness industry. How would you recommend that the new entrepreneurs in this new world that we live in uh, adapt to that, and what were the tips that you would give them? Well, first of all, if it's your passion, and this is a phenomenal industry, I mean, when you think about what it is, what is our product, our end product is happiness, fitness, health, good feeling. So it's, it's even preventive medicine. So if, if that's what you really want, you want to serve people and that's your passion and knowing that that's what's going to be, you know, we spend 18 hours a day in our clubs at the beginning. So you have to love it. Okay. Number one, you have to make sure you love it. Number two, I don't care if you have, you know, 10, 10 digits in your bank account, you have to start at the beginning of whatever industry you want. If it's fitness center, learn everything you can about marketing sales, become a sales counselor, start at the bottom, learn everything, learn reception, learn personal training. You know, when I first went to Hong Kong, I built my club. I had to change everything into Cantonese. I had to train the staff, do the PR, do the marketing. And on top of all that, we pre-sold 3,200 members. I sold over 1,000. And why did I sell when I'm busy doing everything else? Because I needed to get the essence from the people. I didn't want to hear about it from my sales counsel or my manager. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, the Chinese people aren't into working out with men or women. I wanted to hear it by myself firsthand so I could create an empire based upon my info, not someone else's info. And that's the same thing. Whatever it is you want to do, if you love the fitness industry, if you love Pilates, you love spinning, you love yoga, whatever, start at the bottom for an education. Learn it. Make sure you're great at sales. I don't care what industry you are. You have to get comfortable with being able to ask for money. You're asking for money because in your heart, the value that you're giving is worth much, much more, and you're serving exactly what your client needs and wants. Get to that spot. And when you're at that spot and you have that knowledge, then you're going to want to learn on how to invest uh, investing with someone who's successful may be the best idea. If you really want to go it on your own, make sure that you can do it on your own. Um, whatever you build is going to take two to three times longer. It's going to take two to three times more money. Your, your, your own projections are going to take triple the length of time to hit the number you want. And if you're, prayer, if you're totally prepared for that, You've got that money set aside. Go for it. You know. Go so, so some it. of the things that you've you've done successfully along that the way is you've partnered with some very smart people like Mark and like Ray Wilson and Manny Pacquiao and, and many great people around you. So if someone doesn't have the track record that you have or is just starting out early days, what steps would you recommend that they take in order to find a good partner that fits with them? 
Uh, well, I, first of all, I'd find out, make sure I do my due diligence is why they're a good partner. Because uh, good partners are good in some things and some things are not. I've had my share of not so good partners. Let me be clear on that. I mean, uh, I'm 50-50, I would say. So having a partner is like having a marriage. You, you have to do your due diligence. And it's not because they're nice to you and they take you out for dinner. Um, you really have to think about that. It's going to be your biggest decision. Uh, if you find a company that you do admire and you do like, as I said, then get involved in it. Start working for it. You know, understand if it's the really you like. You know, people talk about the leader. They talk about the owner from every level, from reception, PT, aerobics, whatever it is. They're going to talk about it. Find that company that really resonates with you. And sooner or later, you'll be able to meet the owner. You'll get up there. And when you do, you do, you know, you feel it. Why are you, why are you, why are they attractive to you? What can you do with them? And many times you can do that. I mean, I have been lucky to be the partner that brought on many young people that have ended up being so successful. I must have a hundred people right now that started straight out of school. Now they're running in, for instance, in China, the three biggest chains, 200, 300 clubs, they're all run by my staff. They're all the CEOs. They, uh, many CEOs have opened up their own. Uh, many of my, uh, my former teammates have opened up their own companies. And now they're having partners. So I'm so proud of that. But a partnership is a marriage. Take your time. Do your investigation. When you do get involved with them, you know, and make sure you have your legals in place. Uh, usually you'll be subordinate to them, that they will have control over your money. They'll have control over the situation. So, you know, put everything into perspective. Take your time. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you touched on a very good point there as well, is that leaders create other leaders. And I think uh, the point that you made with the Chinese CEOs, that they've worked through their ranks, so you've really taught them some good life lessons. And they've then become very successful themselves, along with your guidance, of course. But uh, I think that's a really fantastic point that leaders create leaders and attract, like attracts like. So, Eric, with that final thought, I'd like to uh, thank you so much for your time. How can people get in contact with you? Thank you. So uh, they can get in contact with me on my website, ericlevineglobal.com. And I... I often give a free 15-minute consultations to anybody. I get to know so many people. And from that, Casey, you can't imagine how, how it's grown. Uh, people in, in Africa, I have people in Dubai, all over the world. And so what we'll contact do, me with your question. Yeah. What we'll do, Eric, is we'll put a link right below to your okay. website and your LinkedIn page so people can just get to you straight away. Great. And, and I also have that show. Fitness Gorillas, check it out. All right, Fitness Gorillas, ericlevineglobal.com. Thank you so much for your time.